Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. Today we're talking about adding more to your life to live alcohol free. And I'm really excited to bring my guest Lori Mazicott back on the show. She is the midlife sobriety coach. And Lori is on a mission to raise awareness towards the life changing impact of sobriety as we age. Lori is a certified life recovery and nutrition coach specializing in helping women in midlife feel better inside and out without relying on alcohol to get them there. She hosts the highly popular 250 and Beyond podcast, where she and her guests highlight the beauty of aging and the freedom from living alcohol-free. So Lori, welcome on the podcast again. see, thanks for having me back. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I mean, we, since we talked, gosh, I'm sure a year ago, have kept in touch because I love your approach. And as women enter midlife, I feel like that's a time when many women decide alcohol is no longer working for them. 
it's somehow, I mean, I stopped drinking just before I turned 40. I know I talk with a lot of women in their 40s and 50s and beyond who are like, okay, I've done this for 20, 30 years of my life. And it is something that is definitely not serving me as I age. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's either I hear from women, it's either I started drinking it when I was 14, like you, because that's when I started drinking, or I picked it up later in life. Of course, we had the pandemic. Uh, women who were already sober went back to drinking during that time. Uh, stress, all of the reasons why in midlife we drink are the same reasons why we stop drinking. Perimenopause, our moods, our energy. Yeah, it's a big time. I've, I've always said it. It's the best time. If there ever was a best time, yeah. it would be midlife and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you is so often we focus on what we're taking away from our lives when we stop drinking. Because I know for myself, alcohol was infused in literally every event I had. Everything I did, you know, every weekend, every evening, dinners, you know, what, what have you. And we're going to talk about what you should or need to or can add to your life to live happily alcohol free, more excitement and joy and self compassion and all the good stuff. Yeah. It's that. And I know in the beginning, it's really difficult. I quit drinking in 2013. I was not feeling joy. <laughs> I was not being kind to myself. Uh, I was really focused on the the things that women are focused on at this time in their life and not the age. It doesn't matter what age you are. When you quit drinking, you're focused on, I can't drink. And what we're really ultimately focused on is alcohol still, even after we quit. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And taking the focus off that is so important for actually feeling happy and good about your decision. But will you tell us just briefly, like, how old were you when you stopped drinking? And why did you finally decide to move away from alcohol? Yeah, I was 45. So that was back in 2013. And I started to realize in around 2011, um, well, I'll, let me backtrack a little bit. Around 2010-ish, a family member had made a comment to me about my drinking. And it was kind of like, oh, shocking. You know, like, what? My drinking? I've been drinking for 30 years. <laughs> I don't have a problem with drinking. And from that moment, it was the very first time. And it's even hard for me to justify that because I should have known that there was more to my drinking than there was, but I legitimately did not. So around 42-ish is when I started questioning, doing all the Google researching, am I an alcoholic, taking the tests, getting the same results from the tests, trying to change my answers to the test, right? I just wanted to make it work. And so I did that for a couple of years, trying to moderate, place rules on myself, you know, only drink red wine, don't drink the white, don't drink the stuff you love, you know, and it just didn't work. And so I was going through grieving the death of my mother when I was 42. Um, I was going through the thick of perimenopause and I felt like I was constantly in a fight with myself. I was constantly thinking about ways to feel better. And I was looking at outside things, you know, things that I could do 
outside of the the circle of alcohol because that was the last thing I ever thought I would ever give up was drinking. It was the dieting. I started exercising, um, still didn't feel better. And then it just kept coming back to drinking, like what's happening with you. And so I started a journal in May of 2013 to track my perimenopause. And in that journal, I started writing notes to myself. <laughs> what's happening? Why do you keep drinking? What are you trying to get out of this? You keep getting the same result. Hangovers that lasted for days and eating a bunch of junk food and gaining a bunch of weight and feeling so lethargic and, and bad about myself. And so that was in May of 2013. By August, I thought there's got to be a, a better way. And it has to be the fact that I have to quit drinking seems easier than continuing on. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask a really dumb question? You have to say yes. yes. Oh yeah, of course. You can ask me anything. (laughs) No, no, so I'm doing a whole episode on perimenopause because I actually, so I'm 46, I'm turning 47. And people talk about it all the time. And I'm like, either I'm completely clueless or I don't think I've had it yet. But what the hell are the symptoms? Like what is, I know it's supposed to be the 10 years before you go through menopause, but why am I totally clueless as to like, am I in perimenopause? Well, you remember when we had sex education back when we were kids? Did you have that class? I know I did back in the seventies. It should have involved (laughs) perimenopause, the change of life, or at some point in our lives, maybe high school, maybe not elementary school. Right. But no, we were never taught this. And like when I was going through it, my mom had just passed. I, I asked my sister cause she had been through it and she just couldn't remember. Right. Like what is happening with me? I would go to the doctors and they would say, well, you're not there yet because of blood work. And I found out later that doesn't, that's not the marker. You know, it's very hard to tell by our blood work, what our levels are as far as, you know, if you're in a perimenopause stage, postmenopause, definitely you can tell, but perimenopause is different for everybody. And they do say that it could be anywhere from a year to 10 years until your last period. And the experience of perimenopause again is different, but I think there's like 32 legitimate like symptoms. If you want to say it's a symptom, 
And I had like 50, <laughs> but I had it all. Um, the most common for me, and I can only speak from my experience, was an increase in my anxiety, which was the number one reason I started mm-hmm. drinking at 14 was my anxiety. Um, I had heart palpitations. I had to go through a lot of testing on my heart. Um, I had, of course, the sleeplessness. Um, my mood was anywhere from kind of happy to like rage. (laughs) There was like, it was like A to Z, like it just went through all of the gamuts of my mood. And I legitimately would look in the mirror and just not recognize myself. I just felt very flat. Now, I don't, anybody who's listening to this, who's not gone through this before, don't get scared because it's a normal transition in life. And I feel like if I had gone back Um, One of the reasons that I'm so grateful that I quit drinking when I did, because I wasn't, you know, I was in the middle of it. I wasn't done with it yet, is I felt extremely better after I quit drinking. You know, about six months in, I started to realize, well, this is really, (laughs) it's helping. Damn it. Right? Like, damn it. It's helping. Um, But I don't want anybody to get scared because we all go through it differently. I have friends and I've had people on the podcast, women on the podcast who will say, I had no problem with perimenopause. It was just so... Long story, perimenopause is actually that time leading up to menopause. Menopause is one day. So the day of your last period is actually menopause and anything after that is post. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I don't think I've gone through it yet, but like TMI, I like have an IUD. And so I like literally can't tell when I get my period. Like I know I kind of do, but like, it's lovely. I fucking love it. I It is not a thing for me. And since I quit drinking, right? Plus I'm on Prozac. <laughs> so like anxiety's down, sleep like a baby. I don't have the heart palpitations. I'll just consider myself lucky because trust me, I have a shitload of other things that are not, <laughs> that are not great. Um, so anyway, not the point, but like every time people talk about it, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Um, and am I having it? So, all right. Thank you for the You're medical. You're not the only one who doesn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening with me. So actually, the first thing that may happen is your cycles will start to to veer off. But if you're on the IUD, then you know you you won't experience it. So I think that's just something to talk to your doctor yeah. about. I mean, I have a good friend. She's um, we grew up together. She's going to be fifty five. She's a little bit older than me uh, in July, and she's not having any. So it doesn't. You know, everybody's different. I was very young when I went through yeah. it. And also I heard, <laughs> I've been told that drinking causes early perimenopause. And so could have been, oh, could have okay. been. So maybe stopping it just before 40 helped. Who knows? Okay. That is not the topic of the podcast. Um, so we're talking about what, you know, adding more to your life and um, what you can do as you stop drinking to move away from the sort of feeling of deprivation or feeling of loss to the feeling of, you know, momentum and excitement and self-care and all the things. So why don't you just, I know you do this with coaching all the time. Tell us what you think we should add to our life as we, as we start living alcohol. Yeah. I think just to be realistic, because I know where I was when I quit drinking, like I said, I wasn't feeling the joy. I wasn't feeling, uh, I wasn't feeling the pink cloud. I wasn't feeling any of it. I was just feeling a little neutral. I was feeling, um, 
a little dead inside. So, you know, don't be hard on yourself if you're not there, because I feel like that's where a lot of women get tripped up because they feel like, okay, there's some timeline to this. You know, I always hesitate. I, I Well, I completely hesitate in telling anybody you're going to experience this on day 14 or you're going to experience this. We're also different in this. And when I hear that, I think, well, if I don't experience that, then there must be something wrong with me. I like, I'm not doing this right. So just know that every single day you don't drink is what just a gift, but it's such a great time to explore what it does feel like for you and just open yourself up to, Hey, I'm learning something new right now. I'm, I'm doing this thing and I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow, but I'm here today. So I feel like when we're adding more to our lives, we have to be really present and mindful of the small, simple pleasures. And that's where I get such a kick out of life now, you know, just small things and letting yourself, it it really is that is just letting yourself enjoy these things. Because when I was drinking, like you said earlier, it was the center of everything, everything I did, and especially sitting on my couch watching TV. And so I had to add more things, even if it was adding a fresh vase of flowers or something that I could visualize and see. And just that reminder, like, okay, this is why that fresh vase of flowers is there. That represents something that I'm working on for myself. That's really interesting. I, As you were talking about that, I was sort of taking myself back to the early days. And I'm talking after your first 30 days when you're actually physically going through withdrawal and, you know, you do kind of feel worse before you feel better. And one thing that I feel like I got really lucky at was when I was at about two and a half months, for some reason in some group I was in, I think it was an offshoot of the BFB, someone was doing a daily photo project, like a photo of the month with a group of like 15 women. And, you know, each day you sort of had a prompt and it was like things like blue or circle or from my window or kitchen or whatever it was. And, you know, it was both feeling prompts and visual prompts. And then like all 15 women would take a picture and kind of describe it like what it was. And so I love photography. I've always been, you know, super into photography and documenting stuff. And so every day I would like, you know, it would be like turquoise and I would be standing at the bus stop on the gravel with my, with my son. And I'd take a picture of my like turquoise teaks that I love or like on my table and I'd take a picture of it and describe it. And I remember exactly when it was, it was May and then it went into June because in June I went to Croatia and Venice with my family. And so I have all these amazing pictures of daily small things that brought me joy, but also descriptions of them and sharing them with women who got it. And it did bring that like simple pleasures, joy. And I saved them. I took screenshots of all of them. So I still have like every moment for two months, but got feedback on it too. So when you were saying that, I was like, yes, that helped in a huge way. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy, but one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, therapy can be a game changer. 
Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com forward slash someday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash someday. It does, doesn't it? And it is that because then we can practice gratitude and appreciation for where we are in life. And, and and now in my sobriety, I definitely practice gratitude and appreciation for my drinking self because I brought myself here. And so I feel like that's always something that we miss out on because we're starting this and we're looking at the negative side of it. And listen, I'm going to be honest, there's, there's a lot of stuff that will come up for you in the beginning. It's just, that's what you want to focus on. The everybody else drinks, the I can't drink. There must be something wrong with me. And then when you're in that struggle to stay sober, it's the same feeling. You know, there must be something wrong with me. I can't get this straight. And so there, do you just feel the pressure? Like, I just feel like the pressure and the heaviness of trying to be perfect at this. We have to go into it thinking that, you know, this is going to be messy. I'm going to allow myself to screw up. I'm going to allow myself to find the simple pleasures. I'm going to allow myself to be present in my life because I don't know what's going to, tomorrow's going to bring. But today, right in this moment, it's not even later today, right in this moment, I know. Yeah. I mean, I think that half the questions I get from women, and I know I had them too, because I ask my coach all the time is like, I feel X. Is that normal? I mean, everything from like legitimate rage in my first two weeks at my husband or whatever, like just feeling like it's bubbling over to extra sensitivity to being so tired, I felt like I was hit by a bus to like moments of joy that, you know, popped up at 7am on a Tuesday walking into work, like, you feel like I kind of miss it now, because it's just, you know, it is such a time of like, your reawakening transformations, your emotions, everything being at your fingertips, because you've kind of been numb for a long time. It doesn't always feel good, but it is very vivid. You know what? I, I mean, people describe it as like, you're feeling like everything's in technicolor, the good and the bad. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you, when you think back, like, I, I really miss, like, for me, it's not regret. It's just, I really missed out on experiencing what I'm talking about today because I wasn't there and I didn't have a coach. I didn't have community of women, which I think is the number one tool in any toolbox. But, you know, I just feel like they're through podcasts or or through whatever you're doing, as long as you're listening and you're keeping in contact with other women who have been through this and who are going through it. It's so helpful. But just being able to look back and go, wow, you were at such a great place in your life. You thought it was the worst thing ever. You thought it was going to be detrimental to your future. But man, how exciting was it that it completely, and I say this, 100% changed my life to stopping drinking. Yeah. You know what, if I can find any of those images that I took of the pictures or the, I mean, I want to figure out how to put those somewhere in the notes or a link from this because it was something that like really ground me and made me sort of experience and look around me every day. And I really felt like after the first two months during that summer, it was really a focus on daily joy. And not the big, big questions of what does this all mean? And will I not drink forever? And, 
you know, I mean, I did things like you were talking about fresh flowers, like I got my bicycle tuned up for the first time in years. And I like brought it to work and would go for bike rides in a park near me on breaks. Like I trust me, my hungover self in a very busy, high stress job that that never fucking happened. Like that was not a thing that would even occur to me. But it was really cool to be like, God, I can take 30 minutes out of my day to bike in a fucking park in the middle of like being a director at L'Oreal. Like it was just crazy. Did you remember like going back to that? Did you remember like feeling that or were you saying, you know, this is a fluke? No, I was like, God, this is amazing. Like my son was eight and, you know, it was the summer. I stopped drinking in February and he had like soccer camp and bike riding camp nearby. And my husband was coaching baseball. My office happened to be right near a giant park where they had sports fields in my, in my neighborhood. And I would bike over there and say hi to him in the middle of his like morning camp. I mean, it was cool. It was a cool time in my life, despite being like, oh my God, I fucking hit a bottom and I can't cope with life. And I have to give up this thing that I love more than anything else. So, um, one thing you said that I want to go back to, though, is you said um, even having compassion and gratitude for my drinking. And I know a lot of women listening to this are like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I am flying no, my way out of this. You know, nobody quits drinking because it's feeling really good to them and there are no issues with it, right? Because we love to drink. Like, the only reason women stop drinking, in my opinion, is like, they want to feel better. I mean, maybe not everyone, but in, okay, I'll just say in my experience, I felt like shit and I wanted to feel better. I did not want to stop drinking. So having gratitude for my drinking self was not top on my list, It you know, in the early days. So tell me about that. Yeah, that's exactly what I've said from the very beginning. Just what you just said. I That's it. I wanted to stop feeling like crap. I wanted to feel better. That was the only reason why I had to quit drinking. And we were so used to using alcohol to feel good. And then we become this driver of our own destiny. And we figure out, you know, now what? What makes me feel good? So I think because we're so wrapped up in the in the drinking cycle that we just give it all up to alcohol. And so when we're out, left out on our own, it's like, what else can I do? I can't do anything but drink. And that's just simply not true. For me now, and this was about maybe two years ago, I had to write a little something for Join the Monument. Join Monument. Have you ever heard of them? They're an online yeah, yeah. recovery support group. They asked me to write something for Instagram and I wrote... And it was probably about my story or or why I quit drinking or what what I I gained from it or something. And I wrote down for the very first time, I practice a lot of gratitude for alcohol now because I wouldn't be here because of it. I've never one. I've never been one to say, oh my gosh, alcohol's so bad. You know, and I quit drinking. Everybody around me was like, well, don't ask me to quit drinking. Like I'm not. I'm doing my own thing. I'm not going to blame alcohol for anything. You know, it's an addictive substance that I used from a very young age. And I've practiced a lot of gratitude that it has gotten me here. Talking to you, Casey Davidson, on a Wednesday morning, when I would have been at my shitty job that I was in a career for over 20 years that I was drinking because of, you know, it's like, fuck, can we just say that? It's like mind blowing. I know what you mean by that, because I do feel like now in retrospect, 
you know, one of the the big questions that I love to ask myself, and I, I actually have it on my desk, is flipping the question from why is this happening to me, which is just this place of self pity and victimhood and powerlessness, right? No agency. Why is this happening to me? To how is this happening for me? And that helps me even in the really low moments. And I believe like, even if you don't know and cannot see how this is happening for you, having trust that it is in some way. And in my way, like, you know, even having just a brutal shitty boss who I felt like was really unfeeling and demanding, I felt like, okay, well, maybe in retrospect, it had to be that bad for me to move on and get out of my comfort zone. Because I'm someone who's very loyal and likes to stay and looks for the good parts. But like, I do feel like in terms of quitting drinking, how is this happening for me? I do believe that had my drinking sort of stayed in that kind of shitty, just okay, hangovers, but not every day kind of life, I would never have stopped. I would have, and because drinking does exacerbate your anxiety and lets the days and the nights and the weekends slip through your fingers, I never would have had the confidence and energy and just optimism to say, okay, I don't want to do this job anymore and make new friends and do things on my own and go on trips without my family and become a podcaster and meet people like you and just everything that's changed in my life for the better, I could have gone through the rest of my life treading water in this average, just okay, quasi fear place of change, you know, not wanting to rock the boat. So I do feel like getting to the point where I really needed to walk away from alcohol, what did happen for me, it's just really hard to fucking see it at the time. I don't know until we know. Yeah. And I, I can say in my experience, there was no way I was ever going to figure it out if I was still drinking. R- remember, I tried. <laughs> I yeah. gave it a really good try. Yeah. There was no way that I would ever, because even if you're not drinking every day, because I wasn't drinking every day towards the end, I was a heavy binge drinker three or four times a week at that. Um, and I'm not making any excuse for my drinking, trust me, but um <laughs> It it was like, like I said, the hangovers. I mean, honestly, you know, especially as we get older, um, it's longer. Our tolerance is building up. My tolerance, I wore it like a badge of honor, you know, and then I would wake up the next day thinking, I really didn't drink that much. Why do I feel so bad? Why am I walking around with just this veil? I call it the veil. It's just this really thin veil. You can't really see out of it. Like you were talking about vivid colors, you know, if you have a veil over you, all day long. You can't see, you can't feel the things that are happening around you. And the energy is so low. It's that low vibe energy and alcohol loves low vibe energy. It clings to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I just like changed what I listened to. I changed my thought patterns. I changed what I was looking at in the world. I mean, I used to walk into work just feeling so sorry for myself and so down or so unable to cope and like being like, Oh my God, do I just abuse alcohol or do I, am I seriously addicted to this shit? Because then I have to stop. And, you know, I would wake up and literally first thought is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get it together. And once you remove that, you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, look at the birds, you know, like not all the time, but like way more often. 
and on an increasing basis. Yeah, you're more alert. And that's how it should be. It, it, yeah. it really should be. You know, we should all be the main character of our lives. We should all be in the center of it. Yeah. And not alcohol. And well, that's what had... happened. So go ahead. No, no, go ahead. One of the things I read just yesterday, and it just, um, it just amazed me. So Jane Fonda just spoke recently about the fact she stopped drinking. And the woman is like 85 years old. But one of the reasons that I, you know, there was that show, Grace and Frankie, and a lot of women binge watch TV, binge watch Netflix, HBO Max, whatever you want, through early sobriety, right? You're bubbled up, your state, but you need something to look forward to. Yet, certain shows are really fucking hard to watch because drinking is like a main character in it. And I really advise women to like, if a show is triggering you or glamorizing alcohol or drinking is like a thing that shows up on camera a ton, you know, watch something else. There are plenty of shows that do not glamorize alcohol at every point. And a lot of the people who drink heavily as part of a character piece in a show actually don't drink that much in real life. Like, for example, Kerry Washington, who in Scandal, like always had those giant goblets of wine. She does not drink almost at all. You know what I mean? So, but one of the shows that was sort of big when I was putting in drinking was Grace and Grace and Frankie or Frankie and Grace or whatever it is, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. And I was like, damn, they are drinking a lot. Like that was part of Jane Fonda's character at like the age of 80, like downing the gin and tonics and drinking heavily. And she just talked about that she gave up alcohol. But one of the reasons she said she did was, you know, I only have so many days left and I don't want to go through them at half mast. You know what I mean? And that's, I thought that was really interesting. One, I'm like, okay, I hate the way shows just show women drinking at all points excessively. But at the same time, you know, also realizing like you're really lowering your potential and your vibrancy and your ability to be present, um, you know, to half mast and more and more women like Drew Barrymore and, um, you know, Jane Fonda and, you know, all the women are realizing that that's not something that they're willing to put up with anymore. Yeah. Interesting. I did not hear that about Jane Fonda. I will share that with everybody. I know it's, yes. it's amazing at, at her age. It's amazing that she's able to realize, you know, there's still so much time left to experience life without this filter. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely if you want to add more to your life and you're feeling like you can't, cause being on the couch drinking was one of my favorite pastimes and I couldn't watch my favorite Real Housewives. I couldn't, I couldn't stand some of them anymore. So I had to, you know, divert <laughs> my attention to other things. But I mean, there's so many other things that you can be doing with your time to add more joy and to just explore and to be curious. And I think that one of the things that really takes away our joy is, well, you know what they say, comparison is a thief of joy. So really listening to these stories without, you know, feeling like I should be further along or any of that, that that's just going to rob you of this time that you have to spend with yourself. And going back to the beginning, it is such an exciting time. And then just looking around and saying, what do I want to try? What is something different that I want to do? I can do it now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you really can. And it is never too late. And it is also never too early. Because I don't think until you remove alcohol from your life for an extended period of time, you don't get to see that technicolor. You know, I don't, you know, now I get sick. And I was like, holy shit, how did I feel this way every day? Like the quasi queasy stomach, the headache, the, oh, I just don't feel that well kind of thing. I mean, that was a daily occurrence for me. Yeah, I can't imagine it. I really can't imagine ever feeling like that again. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like that's, again, it's the best time of life. Whatever age you are, whatever age you are and what day you decide, this is my day to do this. This is my day to stop consuming and start creating my future and get in there and make it happen. Man, you can do it. You can do it. And everything is going to get figured out along the way. I, I feel like a lot of women don't get started because of the overwhelm of thinking all the things that they have to do. And really what you just need to do is look at one thing today that you can add to your life, a simple joy, a yeah. simple pleasure. And one of the things that I actually think is is helpful in the early days, the early weeks and month is routine and adding something that um, just for you that is actually on the calendar, because I work with a lot of women who are working moms. And that is your I mean, I know right now, like my son plays on two baseball teams, my daughter does hip hop dance, like, literally every evening of my life, other than um, other than working time is sort of like, Oh, Hank has a baseball game, Lila's got X, she's got a soccer practice. Um, but scheduling something for yourself that you are looking forward to. So I know in the early days, I went back to taking guitar lessons, which I hadn't done since I was like 28 years old. And just having that hour on my calendar was something to look forward to. I scheduled, you know, I worked out with a group of women in the morning. And even right now, I just um, rejoined my gym post COVID. And signed up, okay, this is kind of embarrassing, but I've got like a torn detached hip labrum which sucks. Um, and I haven't been able to run or like do hit workouts for basically a year and a half. So I just signed up for semi private meaning me and Lila swim lessons on Wednesday afternoon. So like, basically, I'm sure some teenager we start next week is going to be like teaching Lila to swim. And like, I don't know if she's going to give me a kickboard or whatever. But apparently, it's really good for my hip. So I'm oh, yeah. kind of embarrassed. But I think it'll be really fun for us to do together. And I just got rollerblades because apparently I can do that because um, I can't bicycle. So all these things, I'm like, oh my God, rollerblades. I'm sure I'm going to fall, but that's really fun. You know? That's fun. Yeah. But it, it is an effort to put that fun into your life, to put that joy into your life, to go out and seek things and to just say, you know, it doesn't have to be big things at the beginning, but yeah, I mean, exercise was my go-to. I had to start exercising that I needed my endorphins. I, there's nothing I can't work out within a workout. There's nothing. It yeah. changes my mood drastically. If I am dragging myself to the gym, the moment I get there, I know just give it 10 minutes just give it 10 minutes. Your mood is going to change drastically and it always helps. And that's what helped me in the beginning. Yeah. And a big part of like figuring out how to make it work is trying to be creative, right? Because, you that's know, sobriety is all it, about it creating an alcohol free lifestyle. It's creation. Yeah. It's exploration. It's self discovery. Yeah. Like it's not something to miss out on in this lifetime. 
Yeah. And in terms of like even my my hip labrum tear, I'm like, all right, this is tough. How is this happening for me? Well, it's forcing me to do something fun with Lila or I guess I'll start rollerblading again and pick up some new sport or whatever. It is hard to figure out the upside of that one, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Always look on the bright side of life, right? It's just yeah. that. And and it's taken me a really long time to get there. So if, you know, when I quit drinking and, and most of my life, I've been from a very negative fixed mindset and it's taken me years and years. I'm still working on it. I will be working on it for the rest of my life and that's okay. Cause it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's my alternative, right? Yeah. What is our alternative? We all have choices. Yeah. So we talked about adding things to your life to live alcohol free. So you said self-compassion and gratitude and excitement and joy. Anything else or any tips on how to do that in a concrete, practical way? I think practical would be the evening routine. Start there because it's such a hard time for everyone when we first quit drinking is that evening unwind routine. And like you were talking about, you know, scheduling time for busy women. Um, there's women that I've worked with throughout the years, you know, they never had any kind of time for themselves working helping their family, you know, we're all a bunch of people pleasers, right? It's like, it's time to please yourself. So you really can lessen your load. And we have to learn to set boundaries. When we quit drinking, we have to learn to set boundaries, no matter what stage of life we're in, it's never too late for that. But personal boundaries where you say, okay, this is my time. So instead of wine time, it's me time. And what am I going to add to that hour? And, you know, we can all just start with the basics, you know, something fun to drink that doesn't have alcohol in it. Make it fun. Create new recipes for yourself. Creating something that you can do at night. Picking up a hobby. Creating a vision board. Getting excited about things. I do that all the time. I did that last night for like two hours. I just take my markers and my journal out and I just start writing my dreams and mm. bubble letters and colors and stuff. It's like, oh, it's so much fun. I just had so much fun all by myself. <laughs> but, you know, really looking at things that you can do exercising at night if you haven't done it in the morning or during the day, getting out and just taking a walk because exercise doesn't mean going to the gym. Yeah. It means moving your body and finding yeah. that time at night. And then before you go to bed, write your worries out. If you have any, write them out in your journal, dump them out, write them on a post it and rip it up, toss it in the trash, set yourself up for a sweet night sleep, listen to a meditation. Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step -step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one -on -one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it and when it fits into your schedule. You don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one-day-at-a-time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step -step formula 
for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. Yeah. Anything to help you drift off. I am a big fan of lists. I mean, I was always a list girl. I still am. But like making lists and I do it on a Google Doc or a notepad. But in early sobriety, I did it of possible sober treats or future sober treats. So I would walk to Whole Foods and go over to the, you know, the the pushpin board and take pictures of like, you know, apparently Redmond is the biking capital of Washington. Who knew? Um, so I would take pictures of all the biking routes, or I would take pictures of like a journal or flowers, you know, I was walking there in the middle of work. So I wasn't going to buy everything right then. But I would save those pictures in like a sober treats list, or I would, you know, write down like, what are the you know, like, even like which coffee shops I'd like to go to, and which books I'd like to read. And what are the movies I want to see? Plus like bubble baths and, and all the things. Um, I bought a book on like walking tours of Seattle and I would plan to do just once a month, like a tourist in your own town. So I feel like, you know, of course you're going to be bored in early sobriety or you're going to, you know, someone invited me to like a wine tasting in the neighboring town. And I was like, fuck, I'd love to do that. But if you have your list and you're like, yeah, but here are six things I also really want to do or creating a bucket list for the season you quit drinking. I mean, all of that will help you add excitement and joy and positive momentum to your life so that when you're feeling like you're missing out, you're like, yeah, but what about all this good stuff? Exactly. We have to create our own hype. We're our own hype woman. And that's that's just it. We've got to do it. And there are going to be days where, of course, you could look at that list and go, yeah, I'm not feeling it. All I want to do is drink. That's okay. Just be with yourself. Yeah. Because drinking is not an activity. Drinking is not a solution. We used it to feel good. And now we're making ourselves feel good without it. Because yeah. it's very fleeting. That That feeling of goodness is very fleeting with alcohol. And it's not when we become our own creator. Yeah. And, you know, you're allowed to change and evolve and transform. And I feel like this is really a time of transformation or a time of return to self. You know, what are all those things that you always said you were going to do, but never quite got around to because your main hobby was drinking and your main time suck was recovering from drinking. That takes a lot out of the, oh, yeah, you know, in January, all your resolutions that you never quite get to. So um, use this time as a time of exploration and experimentation and curiosity. And curiosity, because that's a great place to be in, just to be curious, you know, and be flexible with yourself. The forever thinking stops you from starting and just keep it, keep it flexible and be in that really 
high vibe energy as much as possible, as much as you can get yourself there, hold on to it when it's there and just let yourself explore and enjoy things that are around you. Cause they've been there all along, but chances are you're just not seeing them because our focus has been on the drink. Yeah. Yeah. And I even put quotes up. I mean, you mentioned vision boards. I'm a vision board girl, but I put quotes up on my vision boards, like one that said, and so she decided to start living the life she'd imagined and surround yourself with people who reflect who you want to be and how you want to feel. Energy is contagious. Like just those things, when you read them, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And put, you could put them in a book too. Yeah. A good bullet journal with all of your quotes, your favorite things that inspire you. I always have my journals right next to me. I'm reading right now, Super Attractor again for like the fifth time by Gabby Bernstein. That's a fabulous book. If you want to shift into a higher energy. Um, I have not read that book. Do you recommend it? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Super Attractor. Okay. Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. She has a journal that goes with it. She has mantra cards. She has a whole bit. But um, any kind of personal development that you can do, uh, of course, there's Quit Lit. There's a ton of Quit Lit out there. You can read memoirs. But what I always say to you is ask yourself what you need every day and whatever it is. Do you need uh, more confidence? Are you feeling shameful? Who can you listen to? Of course, Brene Brown, right? Also, Atlas of the Heart is a really great book. I don't know if you've read that one, her her latest book. Yeah. Uh, I always go for what I need, and I want to listen to other people who are going through what it is that I'm experiencing in that moment. And then always, like Casey said, just ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this, yeah. this feeling that I'm having today, or, or this resistance I'm having to going all into this? And there's only one day that you need to get through, and that's that one drinking moment where you're in, you're going to say, fuck it. Just ask yourself, is my reason why that I am doing this in the first place enough to tide me over until tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, I remember one one thing someone said to me or I read and it was like, don't give up what you want most for what you want at this moment. And I feel like that's what I did for years over and over and over again. You know, I wanted to be this healthy, happy person who went places and did things and felt good. And instead, I was kind of, you know, what I wanted at the moment when I walked in the door when I was truly in physical withdrawal from drinking the night before and anxious and irritated and resentful of my boss or my work or my schedule or whatever it was, was I wanted to drink. And so once I sort of took the time for the first week and two weeks, and then got to 21 days and further, it became a lot easier to see those glimpses of the person I actually wanted to become. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're, we're in it for the quick fix, but all of those quick fixes compounded over time, it's tougher and tougher to get out of them. And so you got to go towards the long-term gratification. That's where the real joy lies. Mm -hmm. And it's patience. It's time. Time's your best friend. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that adding things to look forward to, like you said, adding joy, adding excitement, adding just little practices, um, like whether it's my photography of the month or your bullet journal um, or writing out your dreams. I mean, that can really help. The other thing I wanted to mention to people, because this is something where people get tripped up a lot, I feel like there is plenty of time later to go through all your regret and to unpack 
the why you used to drink and to dwell on everything crappy you did. I feel like negative and fear-based motivation only takes you so far. And what actually keeps us going is things we're looking forward to. So I highly recommend trying to keep your emotions however you can in that like emotional green zone of feeling like pretty good. You know what I mean? And so one thing that I recommend is if you're reading like a quitlet or a memoir and it's dragging you down and it's making you feel mm-hmm. guilty or bad or or I wasn't that bad or it's depressing or whatever it is, put that shit away and just pick up a different book. I know I I was reading one about like, God, it was something about drinking mom or whatever. And I was like, oh, dude, I cannot read this right now. Like this is hard to read. And even when you were mentioning like, I mean, I love Brene Brown. I just did an episode on on Brene Brown. Um, in, I'm interested in Gabby Bernstein. I found like in my earlier times, I've, you know, she didn't totally resonate with me. She wasn't my jam. For me, Jen Sincero, who wrote You're a Badass, like I love her. I listened to that on tape over and over again. So like not everyone is going to resonate with every person and that is totally okay. So if you're reading something and you're like, everyone says this person is amazing, but I'm not feeling it. That's cool. Just pick up something else and it does not have to be sobriety related. It can be self-improvement or inspirational. Like I know a friend of mine loves Pima children, right? Sort of Buddhist you know, I am the sky, everything else is the weather. For me, that like, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, that is not me, you know, but like, find that thing that inspires you to keep going. Yeah. And when it it stops inspiring, you let it go, move on to something else. But yeah, that's why I meant that overconsumption of everything and hearing, you know, when I quit drinking in 2013, I read Drinking a Love Story by Caroline Knapp. And then I wrote, uh, read a book, Mommy Doesn't Drink Here Anymore by Rachel Bronwell. It was just a Kindle book, uh, not just a Kindle book. It's a wonderful book. That helped me so much, but I wasn't on social media. I didn't know of all these other things happening. I didn't know of blogs or anything like that. And so I'm not saying that it's good or bad at, at all, but you know, when we're over consuming so many things, I find this in my business. I have to completely shut out like podcasts that I listen to. Like I have to have my own thoughts here. It's not going to work if we're not creating it for ourselves. And sure, yeah. it's great to have recommendations. And I will say Gabby Bernstein, that's the first book and the only book I've ever read of hers. It's super attractor. Super it's just, attractor. Seriously, I, it, I'm going to pick it up because I trust you. I'm going to read it. Okay. Yeah. Trust me. No, <laughs> trust me. It just has kicked me out of that, you know, and she's a sober woman as well. But no, I have not resonated with her Her previous stuff but this book for some reason it clicks that that's the that's the beauty of self-exploration is finding these things and i want to mention one last thing when you're doing all of these wonderful things you're getting through the day the toughest of days make sure that you are celebrating yourself because it's so much that we lift we miss out on and if you're really looking for motivation you got to create it yourself. You need that positive reinforcement. And so I created my own little method that I have been teaching in my groups and with my clients for years. And it is saying after you do something, if it's a tough day or you do something that you're really proud of yourself, you say, yay me. And you say it out loud. And (laughs) I don't know how many women I have in my life that say, text me and say, I just said, yay me, because I did this like that's it. I've been saying it for years. When I quit drinking, it was just kind of like getting through the sludge of it all. And then I started realizing this is really working. 
I'm feeling it. This, I don't think this is a fluke. So I started congratulating myself. I started talking to myself like a real person because I am and it works. So don't miss out on that because that keeps you going. Be proud of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Not to tell other people. And if other people aren't getting it, it's not your job to make them get it. Just be proud of yourself. Well, you mentioned your work. So tell us about how you work with women. I know you have a program called the Alcohol-Free Habit. Tell us about what that involves. The Alcohol-Free Habit is in its second session, just starting uh, next week, actually, for the spring session. I launched it uh, back in December. And the reason that I launched it is because I realized that so many women are focused on the wrong things. And I, I hate using that word wrong, but the wrong things, kind of like what we're talking about here, you know, all the questions that I had when I quit drinking, it's totally normal. But I had an epiphany last summer when I was walking along in, in nature one day. And I thought, I wish that women would ask me out of all the questions I get, how can I make this the best experience of my life? What do I need to do to make this better? And so I kind of took that thought. I remember sending it out in a newsletter and I got so much response from that. It's like just switching around. How can we become solutions makers in our life instead of searching for the same questions and answers on repeat? Because that's what I did for a really long time. Like, what am I looking for here? And so the alcohol-free habit is really helping women over 40 break through their go-to drinking routines. I talk about like the, the typical routines that you would normally go through either, you know, daily or weekly and finding other solutions to those things that we're reaching for. What do you need? It has to start there. Like, what are you looking for in the drink? And it's a super cool group where we work on creating new routines. So again, the evening routine is huge. Then that's followed by the morning routine and adding just one small habit. You just need one small habit mm-hmm. or, you know, and you can break a habit as well. Um, I don't think drinking alcohol is a habit, but we've created this habitual routine around it. And so that's the routine that you want to look at. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a wonderful group. I had a great response to the first time I launched it. And these women, I can't say goodbye to them after six weeks. So I created a free self-improvement group and we're meeting twice a month. We're doing a book club and it's going to continue on because ever since I've started coaching, I realized that missing piece for so many women in midlife and beyond is the fact that they don't have people to talk to. They don't have friends or family members who either don't drink or understand why they're choosing not to drink. And we go it alone. We feel alone. And that's how I felt in the beginning for a long time. And so it's just really important for me to create that community. And yeah, it's, it's a great group. I love it. And it will be launching again in June. That's great. Okay. I love hearing that. So one thing I wanted to mention is I also interviewed Lori earlier on the podcast. So if you're interested in hearing that episode, it was on aging, sobriety, and will, women's wellness after 40. And it's episode 41. So you can go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash 41. If you're interested in hearing our earlier conversation, it's really focused on midlife and why to stop drinking at age 40, 50, and 60, and how aging sober empowers women to live healthier, happier, and more confident lives. And it's really more about midlife and reevaluating your relationship with alcohol as you look at the decades ahead. So if you want to listen to that one, 
That's hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash 41. And Lori, tell us how people can follow up with you and find out more about you or find you online. You can go to lauriemassacott.com and you can listen to the 250 and beyond podcast. I'm in my fourth year and it's just a great podcast. Casey has been on it and we're interviewing right after this for that podcast as well. So you'll be coming on in July. Yeah. Awesome. Is it okay to say that now that I already did? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. All right. Thank you so much, Lori. I appreciate it. Thank you, Casey. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.